I only play the golf game generally during the TGA tour and it lasts about three or four months when that's done I put the game away and I don't really play it again until the next season so um, no see I think that's healthy I think that's <laughs> the ability to put it down a bit is a good thing keeps it yeah. fresh maybe yeah. keeps it uh, so yeah after you're done we play six tournaments after you're done with those 24 rounds in about a uh, three month period, you're ready. In my mind, I'm done. I, that's enough. You know, I don't need to play it anymore for a while. There's too many other games in, uh, in your life that need playing. Exactly. So exactly, exactly. Well, while we just go ahead and do a formal introduction now, we've already, it always, is great just to kind of speak with Apple mm -hmm. folks, any gamers, but app in particular, you just start going right into it. Mr. Yeah. Ron Ench, uh, very robust, uh, YouTube channel. I mean, if you want to learn the game of Apple Golf, I think that's where you're going to go first. Uh, one of the first places you're going to go. Um, we got a little in your honor, a little Arnold Palmer hat that Dr. Tom Klein sent us when we did our interview with him. A little card action to go with that. That's cool. From the 32A62 set. Now, how long have you been playing the Apple Golf game, sir? All right. Well, I, I've been, I thought about that and I'd have to go back to when I was 15 or 16. So you're talking probably around 1960, the late 1960s. All right. And uh, I have a brother that's one year younger than I am. And my parents, you know, went out or bought the Apple golf game. So that's when I first started playing it. And we were both we're both sports fans. And uh, we both like golf. So we, you know, we'd pick a couple golfers and go against each other. And we played the original golf game quite a bit. All right. So, you know, late sixties is when I first got into Apple golf with the, uh, the original game. Excellent. Excellent. So, so players like uh, Gary player, of course, and Jack Nicholas, et cetera, et cetera, the great names. What uh, what was the learning curve for you then? And are you a, a, an avid golfer outside of the board game? Um, the, the, the original Apple golf game was fairly easy to learn. Um, there wasn't there wasn't any master rules as there are in the current version. And it was pretty much, uh, you know, hit the ball or you roll the dice, put the result of the ball, bring it back to the center line you know, figure, calculate your distance to the hole. Cause you couldn't aim left or right or anything like that. It was just calculate distance, find the right club for the golfer, roll the dice and get it. So it was, it was a fairly simple game, but you got realistic results. That was the beauty of it, right? The better golfers usually golf better than the golfers that weren't so good. As far as my own, I've been, I, I started golfing, uh, close to the end of my, uh, being in college up until then, I didn't really have the time or money to, to uh, go golfing on my own. But once I graduated, I have, I had two brothers and a dad that we used to golf. That was our foursome for quite a while, as long with us other friends. And I, I golf then from, I'd say from seven seventy two to 73, but I gave it up about five, six years ago. Um, I, I'm not a very good golfer in real life and I wasn't going to get better. And um, there was another game that kind of came into my life called pickleball. And, you know, I play that, you know, anywhere from 10 to 14, 15 hours a week now. So, and it's so much fun. Exercise is great. I do not miss the real golf at all. So 
up until, but like I said, up until about five or six years ago, I was in leagues and stuff like that, but never very good. <laughs> so in terms of like, who are your golf gods and or the courses? I've got some, uh, we've got a near and dear to my heart, Westchester golf course. I used to work up in Harrison, uh, New York, and a couple of New Jersey courses here from the old games. Just curious, what are some of your, uh, who are your top of cards and players in real life and courses that you favor? Well, I know this is going to sound, you know, not very original, but uh, obviously Jack Nicklaus um, on the TGA tour a couple of years ago, I was able to draft him and I basically ran the, the tournament. He would, I ended up being in first place with him. His card was so good. Um, so obviously he's up there. Um, Greg Norman, Harry Varden. I've enjoyed, you know, any of the guys I've picked to play in the TGA tour, I've really enjoyed, uh, the different types of golfers this year. I played Justin Thomas. He, he was a little disappointing. Um, I even picked my second golfer. Um, I have my sister lives, you know, she's deceased now, but she lives in Minneapolis and her son, um, is really one, one of his best friends is Tim Heron from the, you know, the PGA tour. And, uh, so I, I picked his card from like, I don't know, 2017 or 18 or whatever, just to have fun with him. So, you know, it, it, it just was fun playing with somebody you felt like, you know, I've never met Tim personally, but I feel like I've met him through my nephew, you know, because he talks about him a lot and just says, you know, wonderful guy. So, you know, you know, mostly the, the same ones that most people probably would like the Nicholas's, the woods, you know, anybody that's good, I admire, especially those that get there and can stay on top for a while. That's just, it's pretty awesome. For sure. For sure. It's, a, I mean, there's a discipline to the game for sure. I mean, I think some folks who might, you know, uh, not, it's like any game, I guess. I mean, there's, there are mechanics and there's strategy and all tactics. Yeah, mental, mental toughness, everything. It's just, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So, so compare for us, kind of the old game and the current version, uh, how would you suggest approaching either and or starting with one or the other? Well, I mean, the original is not really available any, anymore unless you go to the eBay route or something like that, right? Um, in fact, before I got back, I said my brother and I, we had the original Apple game. Somewhere along life, we lost it. And man, I said, I have to get that again. I can't be without it. So I ended up buying an, another one of them off of eBay and I got it. I don't think I ever played it, Jeff. I mean, I think it's still sitting under the bed in the spare bedroom right now. I, I hadn't been playing. And then I would say around 2007, eight, um, I came across a competitor's game, George's game, George Gurney's ASG. Of course, ASG. Yeah. And I went, you know, because for a while, APA stopped making uh, golf, right? So I found ASG golf and it was terrific. You know, the game itself is a very, very good game. And so I kind of went hook, line and sinker with ASG golf in the late 2000s, let's say. Um, played that on and off for a few years. And then I saw this thing on Facebook called the TGA tour, which was a group of guys who during the winter months play a tournament, a four round tournament, like once every three weeks. And I said, man, I got to do that. That sounds wonderful. But they used Apple golf. 
So I went hook, line, and sinker with that and bought everything I could because I had to have the courses in order to play. And uh, that, of course, they were using the newer version, which included Dr. Klein's master rules that he first you know, published back, I think, in 2003. And then I think ATBA added them to their game, basically, in 2010. And the version I got, I think I got a 2013, the latest results booklet for the golf is what I have. And I was forced to learn the master rules right off the get-go with that game. I didn't feel that intimidated because I knew what the original ATBA game was like, right? It just took time to and slowly weave them in after a few rounds they become second nature. I don't think you, there's a, maybe some people might disagree with me, but the new, the newer version of Appa Golf is really more a simulation of golf, real life golf than I think the old original, the, the original Appa game is. And I, you know, you heard me talking that, uh, you know, in the original game, you basically get a result, you know, let's say you hit a 270 right 15. You know, you bring the ball back to the center line and move it back. So and the original game, I think if you moved it back to 15 yards to the center line, you also moved it 15 yards back on the center line. And then, you know, your shots, uh, you know, you just take your shot. You can't aim or anything. So it was just like pick your club, roll the dice, see what happens. With the newer game, they, you know, with all the master rules, they have aiming involved, you know, so you can aim certain it, situations you can aim your shot so you can point it toward the pin if you want to you can work the ball um there is there's a much more robust uh set of rules around uh short chip shots to the green um wind is involved course conditions hard soft wet uh the wind is involved so when you add all those you you get a, a set of conditions and a and a good test and it feels like in my mind you're really playing real golf. I mean, so when you play the game, you kind of can picture yourself being out on a real golf course and having to kind of make the same decisions because you have all these factors that are can be to your advantage or disadvantage that come into play. So I have, right, I can tell you right now, I don't have a high desire to go back and play the original game. Probably someday I'll get rid of it, but you know, it's a little bit of collector in me that says I can't, you know, I don't want to get rid of it yet. But um, the, the new game is a much closer simulation to real golf um, than the old game, so I, I kind of favor that. So, so are you trying when you play, and are you trying to uh, recreate, you know, a given outcome? Or are you trying to maybe get a guy who was underdog? over that hump and kind of remake history a little bit and about how long does a, an 18 game or an 18 hole uh, game take to play for you these days? Um, well, first of all, it takes me about an hour nowadays. If I'm not doing any kind of filming, cause you know, once in a while I will film holes for, for the, my YouTube channel, but if I'm just playing straight through, I can play a, a, a round in about an hour. So, I mean, that's how, how quick you can get with it. If you have things like wind or involved a, a blustery wind where you're going to get, you know, wind on more holes than normal, that might add a little bit extra because you got to remember to take the wind into account and all your calculations just take a little extra time. When you play the TGA Tour, you're usually trying to, to uh, draft the best golfers there are, right? You're not going out there to get, you know, a guy that might be in the middle of the pack on the tour. I don't think there's enough real simulation in the game to think that I can have an impact 
on making that guy turn, you know, turn to climb the mountain and get over it. Um, we have to remember this is APA and many times you're at the mercy of the dice gods playing this game. Right. So, uh, uh, I, I guess the answer to your question is not that often for trying to make, trying to get somebody better because it's just as much, you know, as much as you'd like to think you could have an effect on it. Um, you know, the dice factor probably more than what, that, that I'm going to do. On it. So if you would perhaps maybe help uh, me and some other folks who might not know what the WIP and that's the old pre pre uh, new cards. I imagine there's, there's a, an extra column at least, I think. Right. Uh, just there's, wondering, there's, sorry. It's an approach, the A column, right? So it's the, the it's, and it's for approach shots. So any shot 100 yards or less to the green, you use that column to get results. Okay, the you, you take the PRN number or the result number from the card in that column for shots 100 yards and closer, and then apply it to the, the uh, result booklet. And there in the booklet nowadays, they have uh, uh, ranges, I think it's from 75 to 100, um, 20 or uh, 50 to uh, 70, and then 25 to 45. So there's like three different columns or chart results for your approach shots all right and then if you're if you're 20 yards or less there's even a, a result chart for that but the but the, the numbers that you get or the result you get off that chart is how many feet you're from the hole so they're just assuming that you're 20 yards or closer you're we're not going to make you roll to see how far you're from the hole the result off that chart tells you you're eight foot from the hole or you know four feet from the hole directly where the other charts the approach charts you get on a grid and then you got to calculate your putt distance right just like any any other time so and and i think um dr klein or whoever when they added that i think his thought was you know you have guys who are really good with longer irons but they may not have the touch game right or you have guys that are really good at, at, at uh, you know, chip, you know, the, the pitching wedge and in and stuff like that, but maybe a little more. So it allows them to be a little more granular with that player's real skill level, right? At least when it comes to the irons and your short game. So I think it's probably, I know it's improved the game because uh, it has to, right? You, you don't, you, you have more flexibility to design the card that reflects the skill of the real golfer. So and help me if you would kind of divine, like what do you, I mean, obviously we all love ones. Uh, we made like threes, fours, and fives. There's some 14s, 13s, and a couple 31s and 32s in here. What are kind of the, uh, for those of us again, who are unfamiliar, the pitfalls and the, uh, the uh, great moments when you get those certain numbers? Yeah. Um, you know, a funny thing about Apple Golf is doubles are probably not your best friend because when you get doubles, that means you've, hit, you've usually hit a very flush shot, which means you really caught it. So it's probably going to go farther than you wanted it to. Okay. It, it may go straighter. It may go straight, but it's probably going to be an extra five, 10, 15 yards, depending on what club you use. So your sweet numbers are those average W 
and average I numbers. Those, the more of, their, more of them that are on a card, you're gonna shoot better with that golfer. If I'm 175 yards out, I look and I determine which club to use and you use the average I column, right, to see. So, okay, I, you know, his average is a three. This is perfect. If I get a three, I hit 175 yards, what I wanna do. But if you roll a 66 or 11, let's say, you get a one instead of a three, you probably hit it 10 yards too far. Okay, so not that those numbers are bad, but you want you want numbers that are within one above or below or on of that average W. Those are your sweet numbers, okay? And the more they have of those, the better the golfer will do. Number, the result numbers 10 and above, then you start getting into trouble. So it makes it very easy to look on a golfer's card. You actually look for numbers that are two digits long, right? From 10 to, I think it's 36 or whatever, okay? You can't, if, you, if there's a lot of those on the card, that means he's gonna be spraying the ball left and right quite a bit. Um, there are exceptions, um, 12 and 24 in your iron and approach shots those usually leave you with a fantastic result, like a hole plus dice roll or a hole plus die roll. You know, so 12 and 24 results in the card. And those usually come, not usually, the only time I've ever seen them is on 26 and 46. So you can kind of, and maybe 66, but um, so that's a, that's a double digit number, but it's a great result, right? So um, you look at those, uh, 31, 32, 33, those numbers, like 31 is your monster drive. So, I mean, it's going to end up like 350, 360 for some of these guys. So that again, can be good or bad, right? I mean, if there is some rough that you can reach at 320 or there's water, you got to be careful. You, you know that, oh, I'm going to hit a driver. I only hit an average of let's say 290, right? With the roll and everything. And boom, you get a 31, you know, you hit it too far. But, um, and it's funny, the, the, uh, the, the, in the past, I'm going to say four or five years, you know, with the longer distances being hit by the golfers nowadays, there's a lot more 31, 32s, 33s showing up on cards to try to accommodate that change in distance and so forth. So single digits are good. Single digit result numbers are good. Um, double, double digit numbers generally are not good, except for a few exceptions, like I said, you know, uh, on, on, a ch on irons and chips, results of 12 and 24 and 36 usually leave you with a very good result on the green. And, and for drivers, 31, 32, usually it's a monster drive. Most of the time it works out, but all the other numbers, eh, not so good. Um, uh, and you can see it in the, uh, on every club, uh, result in the books, you know, one through, if you get a result of one through nine, you're probably going to be somewhat in the fairway. Okay. For the most part, you hit that 10 number and start going up, watch out. All bets are off. You know, we talk a lot in the football world about um, kind of normalizing and I probably in the baseball world too, where you're trying to, let's say you want to play, you want to do like a, a scrimmage between the 58 Colts and the 98 Colts, you know, kind of a, a, a charity game or whatever the scenario, what if would be there. But as you mentioned with those 31s and 32s, uh, have you tried to meld like some of the uh, 
uh, classic golfers with some of the new power hitters? And is it difficult or is it really not a fruitful exercise? Well, no, I mean, it, you, you, it's easy to do, right? I mean, it's right there. Here again, the biggest thing you're going to see with the newer golfers is um, their average W and I numbers are going to be like two, three, and four, which means on an average, they're going to hit another 10 to 20 yards on an average, right? Um, whereas some of the older golfers, you get like five, six, or seven as an average, and they are accurate, just as accurate as the other guy, but they're going to, they're not going to, on an average, hit it as far. And it usually matters. I mean, I guess it does matter. It definitely matters off the tee, right? You get another 20, 30 yards off a drive. That means you're that much closer for the second shot, right? And I think it was one of my fellow TGAers, you know, he just, he was having a great, I think with Rory, and I, I thought Rory had a lot of numbers that would spray, but he also had like an average of one and two or something like that, you know, like about as good as you can get. And he said, you know, like when Rory is like 180 yards out, he can hit a seven iron when, while the other guys are pulling out a five or a four iron, you know, and in the result booklets, a seven iron, generally, if you get a good number, you're going to be much closer to the hole than a result number from four, uh, four with a four or five iron, you know, even if you hit your average, it might be another five yards away or whatever, but so. that doesn't mean the, the other, the, the other guys can't win, especially if they're accurate. Right. So it, it is fun to try those. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, to compete on a TGA tour, I think it's moving to where it seems like you have to have a guy that can pound the ball. We still have, uh, you know, the Vardens, the uh, Sam Sneed, Bobby Jones. I think Bobby Jones actually ended up being the individual champion this year in the TGA Tour. So, you know, a good card is a good card. And that was the thing when I had Nicholas. He had so many on his iron shots. He had so many average iron numbers. I think at least a third of the possible results were average numbers. Every time I was hitting, you know, I was within five yards or on the pin, you know, 30 to 40% of the time, the guy was a birdie machine. It was amazing. And so, uh, but, and you can get that with anyone. So it's just that, I, I mean, I would rather use a seven iron from 180 than a five iron from one, 180, right? Just so, but you can still do it. it they are kind of normalized for the most part, but uh yeah, so it, I think it's a little tougher maybe with those guys that are shorter hitters, but uh, generally the longer hitters, you know, they also spray a lot more. So, you know, they kind of, you know, they can kind of offset stuff with that. So now, no, with all apologies to Tom Nell Shopping and his Apple blog, you know, he has the uh, Monster Card Monday and Terrible Card Tuesday features. And in the football world, uh, we certainly talk about players who are overcarded or undercarded. In your experience, wealth of experience with Apple Golf, who have been some of the like the real power cards, like the ones that like frightening and the ones that are kind of like, ooh. <laughs> Gosh, I, you know, you know, Jeff, I'm not sure I, I, I could, I can answer that with uh, enough knowledge, you know, what, like names, like I just threw out, like Rory, all the young bucks, um, you know, I, I guess I'd have to go look and see the guys that have average W and I's of like one or two, those are going to be your monster guys. And, and like, you know, I, I don't know what our Chambeau's numbers were last year, you know, with, with the new card, what he'll be, but I got to believe like on a driver, He's going to have an average of one, I bet, or something like that. Um, but he's probably going to have a lot of double digits also. 
So, I mean, he, he has a potential to hit a long shot, but um, so I, um, and then, then as far as, you know, cards that aren't that good, there's a lot of them. Um, after you get, after you get a, what down probably the top 10 golfers, at least in my mind, uh, of each year, you start getting a lot more double digit results on other numbers. Um, on, on the Epic card, if you, it's 12, uh, let's see, 12, 32, 52, 14, 34, 54, and then um, what would it be? Uh, 36 or no, 16, 26, and 36. Those nine numbers, uh, they every card, that's where the spray numbers are. So the fewer you have, you, you know, that you can kind of make a judgment on how accurate that golfer is. And some, you know, a lot of guys have all nine, all nine of those slots filled with double digit numbers. And then you go down into the, the rest of the card and they still have more. And, uh, and a lot of your big hitters have that. So, and you, you look at a card like that and it scares me because, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards off center line usually leaves you in tree or out of bounds or something like that. But um, there, there are, there are a lot of cards that, you probably won't touch unless you're forced to, you know? So, you know, so it's, it's kind of like a bad hitter in Napa baseball or something like that. Um, uh, but it's still all fun. And I think a fun thing would be to, you know, some of the guys on the TGR tour, TGA tour would like to just draft players from a single year. And we did that one year, I think, rather than right now we can draft, you know, any year any from the all time great set, because it allows everybody to get a fairly decent golfer, right? As far as using a year set, I would be open to that. And I've told, I've told them this, that I'd be open to that, but let's take like the 10 top golfers out of the mix so that you get down into your, you know, golfers that weren't winners all the time in order to make a more even field, right? Because if you do one year, there's always going to be one or two or three golfers that are probably going to be, you know, have a huge chance of, of winning. And I don't know if that's fair to the other 25 guys playing. So that's for what that's worth. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, Ray Dunlop uh, in the football world talks about, you know, creating a Suncoast football league uh, to avoid having just all-stars. You got to have the folks across the field. I mean, that's why you get the whole stack of, you know, you, know, you want to recreate, you know, the reality of the uh, situation, you know, the context of a great player's, you know, field of uh, peers there. Um, just curious, we talked about ASG and to establish the ASG fields are, yes, compatible with APA. That mm -hmm. question gets asked every once in a while. So uh, hopefully anyone points here that yes, ASG, and that was kind of the intent. Do you use uh, any, do you favor any of the ASG courses in particular? And do you also, have you ever used any homebrew cards, player cards from other folks? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think the ASG courses are a work of art. I think George, you know, to fit a hole on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, with the course notes and everything you need to know about that hole and not have the grids so small that I can't see them is just a master stroke of genius. And he's really the one that, uh, you know, instead of drawing all 550 yards, 
grids of for the hole, he start he would start them like 150, 175 yards down the fairway, because we never use that that part of the fairway, right? The rest of the hole fits. You can have bigger grids on it, right? So that eyes like you know older eyes like mine, you know, uh, can can look at the or see the grids better. Courses, I mean, all of them are good. You know, everybody has their favorites like Augusta. Um, the ones over, you know, all the England courses. Uh, I, I love Murfield Village, though, the ASG Mur Murfield Village course. I've never been on that course, so it was fun to get it and take a look at it. There's a couple holes there that I have no idea where you would hit a tee shot because it looks like the tree is right in the middle of the fairway. But uh, uh, obviously people do. And I don't know. Have you ever read a book or heard a book called The Match? Two pros took on two amateurs. Um, and one of the amateurs was the caddy in the greatest game ever played. Uh, I want to say, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The Greatest Game Ever Played, about no, uh, no. Francis Quimet. He is like the youngest person to ever to win the youngest amateur ever to win the U.S. Open. Played against Harry Varden, but he ended up having a caddy that was like 10 or 11 years old. Well, that caddy ended up going, uh, growing up and moving to California and uh, became a good golfer so it's about him and uh i want to say carrie middlecoff or somebody but uh some rich people got together in at a dinner and they bet they said let's have an 18 hole match because at the time of the, at the time of the book the pros the pro golf tour is just coming into its own but it was still considered a bunch of guys who drank a lot ran hard and stuff like that it hadn't established that credibility so the, so the book is just very good. And uh, so the course was, I think, Cypress, Cypress Point, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And that is just a beautiful golf course from ASG. And Dr. Klein, what he did was he, play, he recreated that golf match. And but every hole he wrote up like a, this newspaper reporter sports reporter reporting on every and through little anecdotes personal anecdotes about each of the golfers one of the greatest things i've ever read i have a copy of it because i don't think it's on the delphi forums anymore but uh and that is a beautiful golf course and the same thing there there are so many holes that you're saying where do i where do i where am i going to hit this ball but if you read his story you can kind of get this is where you got to place the ball so um but i don't i guess at the end of the day I don't have what I'd say courses that I'm just in love with. I love all courses. Let's put it that way. I love all courses. So what are some of the more challenging ones? Like if you want to learn the game, you may want to avoid this one or two holes or courses because, you know, it might be a little. Uh, I think it's, I think it's whistling straights. Um, let's see. With the, or Beth page black, the, the fairways are narrow and, the, the hitting the hitting the fairway from the driver it's a long drive to get to the fairway and the fairways are normal it's a killer you know in in Appa golf the mo 90 percent of the time the best you can do on a drive is either 15 left or 15 right um you don't get zeros or you don't get you can get a, a 10 left or right if you hit your average uh number so if my average w is a three and i roll a three i can take 15 or five yards off 
the left right result. But um, there's place. So a lot of times there may be only 10 yards of fairway on one side, maybe 15 on the other. So you kind of got to decide what, which, what am I feeling lucky? Am I going to hit it to the right or left and aim that way to compensate for it? Beth Page Black, I'm pretty sure that's a tough one. And then there is, there is a, uh, there's another course, and I can't think of it, that has terrific wind conditions. And just, it, it, it's, it's like, I think on the East Coast, and I, I really, I'm sorry, I can't remember it right now but I don't like playing that course. It's just, there's just too much. There's too many course notes going on and the wind is just brutal um, with your results. Uh, so yeah, there's some, there's some real beauties out there that uh, one of the, one of the things that has happened with APA, you know, if you remember the original courses were a spiral bound, like a plastic coat. Now they're coming out in single sheets, right? But along with that change, whoever's designing the newer later courses have added a lot more course notes to it. You know, like when you hit the putting green, you know, use two columns left on the putting chart, you know, to simulate difficulty. I'm, I'm all for course notes. Um, personally, I think sometimes they've gone overboard with them. You know, it reads like a small novel at the bottom and trying to remember all them. And, you know, just to me now you're, you're taken away from just enjoying a nice game of golf. Now you're making it a game with, you know, that have rules, too many rules trying and taking away some of the enjoyment. The game is hard. The game is hard enough as it is, you know, just to make it harder for the sake of making it harder. I don't need that. So uh, um, for what that's worth, that's just my opinion only. So, so what are some of your tips, two-part question or different questions, but I just want to get them out there. Uh, some of your personal tips that you've, you've uh, uh, come across, your, your method of play, and I'm sure you've talked a lot about it in your videos. And then uh, can you recall like one or two of your best rounds? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, for, for like driving, um, I don't, I usually aim down the middle of the course um, because if you look at the numbers on the, 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 under the W column on a golfer, you know, it may say that he tends to go, you know, 50% or 45% to the left and 55% to the right. But if you look at the result numbers out of the 36 numbers, 17 may go one way and 19 may go the other way. To me, that's not much of a pattern. It's like a 50% chance that it go, could go either way. So, you know, unless, you know, so most of the time I aim down the middle of the fairway, unless there's a huge amount of fairway on one side. You know, let's say the fairway extends 20, 25 yards to the left of the center line, maybe only 10 to the right, then I will aim you know, I'll figure out where about the middle of the fairway is and maybe aim 10 yards left to give me the maximum chance of landing in the fairway, right? Uh, when we have wind conditions, um, unless, unless you know what the wind is, because a lot of the results on the wind charts are, it's a tailwind or it's a crosswind or a swirling wind. So basically you plan, plan and hit your shot and then you roll the dice to figure out what the wind is. So in that, I don't really, 
my tip is don't worry about that result too much because you don't have a lot of control over it. You may take a chance on a crosswind and maybe aim five yards against the crosswind, you know, just as a taking increasing your chances maybe a little bit. But um, it's very possible there's no, even though it, it says there's a crosswind, there are results on that wind chart that says no effect, right? It didn't affect your shot. And then I guess the only other thing, there's some greens that are really, you know, you want to go for the pin, but the chances of staying on the green because the pin is so close to the edge of the green, you know, plus five or minus five or left, right, five, you know, you, so you move over and just like in real golf, you'd play for a safer shot to the green. It make you may have a longer shot, longer putt, but at least you're on the green. And if you're on the green, you have a chance to sink the putt, right? So, but I don't get too hung up um, or, or I don't overthink it. It's, you know, it is a game. I've played it enough to know that there's some things you can control and, and take, you know, take care of. And there's other things that are out of control. So, you know, you, you, you take the shot that you think gives you the best odds of making a good shot, right? So there was and, a second part to that. Yeah, in terms of like one of your two most memorable games rounds. Well, um, I, I'm going to go back to the year I played Jack Nicholas uh, a couple years ago. I think it was uh, the last, might have been the last uh, round. Um, we were playing like... Uh, the Empire course, which I forget what the real name is right offhand, but it was one of the two original, one of two original courses, or maybe Los Angeles. And I have a good buddy, uh, Jeff Boating, that once in a while we'll hook up on Facebook or FaceTime and we'll play nine, we'll roll nine holes together. So we had decided to get together and roll uh, some holes together. And uh, I'm glad we did because on the back nine of this course, Nicholas birdied every hole and if I think he ended up shooting like a 61 or something I mean I ended up like 35 under for the tournament Jeff and I was almost embarrassed if I if Jeff wouldn't have been online with me to witness this I know that when I turned that score in people would have just said no way no way so that that is definitely not only that round, the whole year, it, I mean, after this, I've played on it uh, six years now or five years, and I've always been middle, bottom. I mean, just because of maybe my golfers and maybe my ability of playing the game. Um, but Jack Nicholas, you know, I thought I played this game, approached the game the same way as I did any other year, but his card was just unbelievable. Or maybe my, a combination of my dice rolls and his card but I couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, I couldn't do anything wrong. So, but that back nine by far surpasses anything I've ever even come close to, but nine birdies in a row. And if Jeff wasn't online with me, I don't know what I did. I might've just said, no, I didn't get nine. And I might've turned in a score of like, you know, four under for the back nine instead of nine under, I still would have walked away with the tournament. I was so far ahead. So, yeah. Man, yeah, that is a titanic moment for sure. <laughs> ah. So what is on your golf wish list? Any uh, you know, season sets, uh, courses? Yeah, you know, not not really, Jeff. I Maybe there should be. Um, but, you know, I play all the Apple games, and I like playing them all. I, you know, I just, just got done uh, 
with my uh, my role in this year's APBA hockey tournament. Um, there was there's uh, 12 guys that signed up for it, and so we each had to play five games uh, round robin. And I you know I just finished the fifth one last night, and I have a one three and one record, so I'm not going to move on. So that part is gone, but I enjoy playing that. I signed up for the soccer tournament. I just played my first game the other night in that. So I don't, I mean, I play the game and then I move on to the next one. So I, it, it's funny, although I love sports and I've watched sports all my life and a lot of different ones, I don't think I have the depth and knowledge about individuals or seasons or stuff. I don't, that's not something that I've retained over the years. And I get around some of the epic guys at, at, at these regional tournaments, or I've been to the national convention a couple of times and their knowledge of players in the history just blows my mind. I mean, I could sit there with three other, three of them. I can't recall at the convention a couple of years ago. And they, I sat down with them and in 10 minutes, I got up and left and I said, I can't contribute to this. These guys are talking way more history and, and knowledge than I know of the game. So I guess I, I guess I call myself kind of wide, but not very, very deep in a lot of things, unless it's the Tigers and the, the Lions and stuff like that. You know, your favorite teams. I play a lot of non-sports board games. Like in my basement, I probably have somewhere around 350 board games. And uh, so I can pick up a game of terraforming Mars or Settlers of Catan or a game like that just as easy as I could sit down and play an Apple game or an ASG game or anything like that. And uh, um, I mentioned that I played Apple soccer, but I, if you go down and I put all organize all my sports games, baseball, basketball, football, golf, hockey, horse, horse racing, car racing. I probably have more different versions of soccer game than any game in my collection and it's probably the game I would play the least of, you know? So, so it's kind of funny, but I like, I like buying new games, if nothing else, just to, to learn about them and see what their engine is all about, right? I mean, it's like reading a book. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, there's, there's a great site. I don't know if you're as much into the war game side of things. I mean, that's kind of where I started. Uh, there's a site, a page on Facebook called Pay It Forward War Games. You get a bunch of games in your collection. You offer one up. People call dibs. You randomize. Use a randomizer. Whoever wins it, you send it to them, free shipping in the United States. And that person who receives a game has to offer up a game from his collection. I do have some old war games, you know, that, that probably wouldn't mind getting, finding a good home or getting, you know, getting rid of them and having them go to a good home or something like that. Yeah, I mean, board gaming and, uh, you know, Bob Tassinari, when he bought the Apple Journal um, about 10 years ago-ish, uh, spoke with him. He actually came down to the house and we uh, he was telling us about Ticket to Ride. I don't know if we played that one. That's oh, like yeah. one of the oh, yeah. major Euro games. Like, oh my God, it's awesome. And that's where it's part of that really broad there's like gardening games and i found newspaper games and yeah. all kinds of stuff it's oh, like yeah. Really yeah no ticket to ride is a great uh collection of games and you know because the original one was over the united states of america but since then they probably have 20 different versions of different countries and cities with little you know tweaks to the game to add something to it but it is a terrific uh franchise i guess you'd call or whatever but ticket to ride i have three or four of them and it's one game i can get the family to play almost any time that they have time to play games it'd be an easy one to play 
Nice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. A lot of great modules, uh, Germany, I think India. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like, wow. Yep, <laughs> All over the map. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Any last thoughts, Ron, on uh, kind of the uh, role of gaming in your life, on uh, the life of your family, life of your friends? I mean, you mentioned Jeff and the, the uh, Nicholas monster round there. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, I don't get to play nearly as many games as I'd like to. Um, I, I, my wife uh, is not a big gamer. If I generally, if I can convince her to sit down and play a game, usually she'll end up liking it but it's not something that she needs to do, right? So the time has to be right. I have two children, they're grown up. Um, they love to play games, but they have kids now. You're in that part of your life where they don't exactly have a lot of time to do things. Fortunately, I do have access to a gaming club here where I live. And if I wanted to every Tuesday night, I could go game with you know got buddies that I've made over the last 15 years. So I do have an outlet for gaming that I can take advantage of. But like I said, I have two kids, they have grandkids, you know, four nights a week, we're going to athletic contests, right? So part of part of the reason I don't play as many again is my life is still busy with other things. Uh, I'm gonna put a link to your YouTube channel. Again, it's a, a tremendous wealth of material there. Do you have any videos that you can kind of uh, uh, preview uh, folks on here that you might uh, have coming? And do you take requests? Well, I, I've never, no, no, nobody's ever asked me that. So uh, I, I guess I'd entertain that kind of stuff. I mean, when, what, what the, the, the golf ones came about is just not, I, I felt people would enjoy, first of all, I do them because I enjoy it. Second of all, I've learned that people enjoy, a lot of people enjoy watching them. If nothing else, they like what they see, but they also learn from it is what you had mentioned earlier. But I do it too because I want to learn from it. I want feedback from people. Ron, you played this wrong, or why did you do this? You know, I could, I can sit there and talk with you all day about gaming and rules and stuff. And I admit I can get on a high horse sometimes that this is the way it is. This is the rule. But man, you know, come find out. No, it's not the right one. And uh, so, you know, that's that's kind of why I started those things. Is as much for other people, but just as much for myself, because I love to hear feedback. And, and I've said that, I said this in another interview, I think that when you're holding your iPhone and, and I film with just my iPhone, um, when you're filming and then you're trying to play the game, you're, in, you're inherently gonna make mistakes. You just, you're gonna forget something. It's mostly I forget about the wind or I, you know things like that. And uh, sometimes I even rem I forget even where to, the ball should be. I mean, I, you know, I'm off five, 10 years, but anyway, that's, you know, that's part of it. So there's a couple on there that I, I really like is the ones about the basic game where I kind of do a tutorial, okay. uh, you know, show a, a whole game being played of the basic game without advanced feeling. And I think the basic game with advanced feel fielding, okay. the only app of baseball I had was a 1968 version. Again, right around the time we got the uh, hockey game, my parents bought us uh, this, we want the 68, would be the 69 version because they had the 68 season. I was a Detroit fan and my brother was a Cleveland fan. I mean, so up and so I, I've held out, that's the only season I had until about seven or eight years ago, mm. okay? And I was, I was on Delphi forums 
And I've read a post from a guy in Minneapolis. He was going to have one of these regional tournaments. And I hadn't played APA for a long time. And uh, my sister and her, my sister lived in Minneapolis. Oh. And we hadn't been, she'd been home several times, but I hadn't been there, I bet, for like 25 or 30 years. Wow. So I asked my wife, I said, hey, there's this tournament going on. We can kill two birds with one stone. We can go, I can go play and we can go see my sister. She's okay, which kind of surprised me. So I went and played in that tournament and, you know, had a blast and it came back and it kind of rejuvenated my interest in, in APA baseball. I immediately embarked on a full season replay of the 68 Tigers and I got about halfway through and like a lot of my projects, you know, it kind of bit the dust and, and, but at that time, other regional tournaments were picking up. There's one in Michigan, Jackson, Michigan, Pastor Rich Zawadzki, the Schultz brothers out of the Pittsburgh area, put on a fantastic tournament, Chicago guys, Doug Schuyler and uh, Rob Spatz. Those are all easily, easily driving from Toledo. I'm, I, I'm pretty happy living where I'm at because I can go east, west, north, and south within three or four hours and be in a Napa baseball tournament. And then after a couple of those, I said, I can do my own. So at the end of August, I'll have my sixth one. Um, I've been putting on a Napa tournament for like seven years. Obviously, we didn't have it last year because of COVID, right? So I'll be putting on the, either the fifth or sixth one. I don't know. But uh, uh, so, but those two videos, the, the reason those two videos are there is I came back from Minneapolis. I was pumped up and I just said, you know, I think Apple's going to be picked. You know, I, I feel if I can get excited about it, other people can too. And there was a lot of videos on YouTube, but a lot of times all they would show is the card, you know, the guy holding the card in a dice roll, but, and they say, oh, there's this, in, I'm thinking people don't know how to play the game by watching this video. So my idea was to play a whole game, show them how the, where the results come from, explain some of that stuff. So I'm pretty proud of those. I don't know how many views I've had on them, but, uh, and then I've got lots of videos from other regional tournaments. I like a couple, three times during the day, I'll just pull my phone out and walk around and film uh, portions of the regional tournaments. And it's nothing but a, a, a big den of cackling men, right? You know, the verbiage talking and the rolling of dice. I think I looked before I came out, I think I have 368 videos, but how many of those are, are uh, and you know, I don't really try to market it or anything like that. I'm not out there to monetize or anything like that. It's just fun. I like tech. I'm a technical guy. I love computers. I love, you know, technology. So it's just, you know, part of us just learning how to do that stuff. There's, I will, I will love games all my life. I want to play more than I am playing now. Um, yeah, I guess that's it.